Today's podcast is sponsored by Melanin Money, a movement designed to reduce the racial wealth gap and be a tangible platform to get started with investing right where you are. To learn more, visit melaninmoney.com forward slash get started. You can also pick up your latest lifestyle merchandise on the site to help you spread the word about the movement. A percentage of all proceeds from the merchandise sales go back into providing financial literacy initiatives for communities of color. On today's podcast, we get a chance to catch up with a guest on a topic that is definitely a first for the show. We explore breaking societal norms and what it means to reshape what we believe manhood to be through the lens of truth, transparency, and vulnerability. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. I don't care how hype you get. If you jump off the Empire State Building and flap your wings because you felt like you could fly that moment, <laughs> when gravity kills you at the bottom, we don't want to hear excuses. Yeah. Gravity is going to kill you. God is just like the law of gravity. You can try with everything you have in you to break the law, but in the end, you're going to break yourself. Welcome to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. And I'm your host, George Palm, entrepreneur, financial advisor, fitness enthusiast, and foodie. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Legacy and Lifestyle Show. So today we have a special guest. You know, uh, if you thought having one George on the show was enough, well, today you're in for a treat because we have we have two. We have Mr. George Hines Jr. on the show, a man who has a true desire to see people grow in love as well as understanding why they struggle to find the true love they desire. He's a believer, an author. His first book, Strong Boys, Fragile Men, is now available on Amazon. With no further ado, George Hines. What's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, my man? Appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I, I was I was looking forward to connecting because I think it was about probably a little over a year ago at this point, a young lady I follow uh, had reposted something that she said, um, and it caught my attention. And then I saw your name was George. I was like, oh, man, he got to be good people's. And so then I, <laughs> so then I started following you, man. And I just—it's been a pleasure to just watch your your journey so far, man. So I was I was very delighted to uh, get you on the podcast to share a little bit about who you are. So um, for those who don't know about your story, can you share with us about you know what sparked your interest to just be this man on fire uh, for God and make a public decision to share your journey of celibacy with the world? Like, just where did that kind of where did that all come from? Give us a little backstory, real quick. Um. Well, I mean, if you know me, I, I, I went to North Carolina A&T in Greensboro, and from the time I was a young boy, I've always been wide open about things that I believed in, whether whether they were right or wrong. Like, if I believed it, I, I was all, all wide open about it. But this journey to uh, pretty much share my absence with the world, it came at a time when I just was seeing so many people, man. I'm just like, golly. Like a lot of my homegirls, these are very attractive young women, they're professionals, like they got everything together. And they would all come to me and be like, gee, man, I'm struggling to find a dude that just really wants to be committed in a relationship. And I knew why. 
I was like, I know why we can't commit because it's like it's hard to commit to a young woman when you when you got these sexual proclivities that we have. And nobody was listening. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna write a blog. I call my blog uh, Journey and Home, which is 365 days, no sex, no masturbation. And I'm gonna blog every single day. And I don't care what happens if I if I if I do it successfully. It's gonna be great. If I don't, it's gonna be great. I'm blogging about everything that I do sexually for the next year with the goal of abstaining for an entire year. And within that year, man, so many people were just like, oh my God, I've never had anybody talk about sex like this. I, I never knew that people were struggling like this. I've been trying to figure out why I couldn't get this together. And what I found along the way, and I, and I promise you, man, I never had any true intention to be this guy. What I found along the way was just that if we can't discipline ourselves and our sexuality, then love, like like real love, when we're excited to wake up and like the person that's beside us every day, it's dang near impossible. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's real. That's real. It makes a lot of sense. You kind of already answered uh, the next question I was going to ask. And, you know, but I'll, I'll still, you know, socialize it just so you can give me your 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 further viewpoint Uh, so to make such a public declaration for like you know where you stand and what you believe in you know there there just had to be some things you saw in the world so that you know concerns you um so beyond uh what you saw within your immediate circle of the the young women that you were connected to that had it together you know is there anything else that just like you know made you say you know what i gotta be this light or this voice of reason you know for for what's happening in our in our society right now yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I've actually never had anybody ask it, which is a tremendous segue. Um, I just started to, like I, I'm a numbers guy. Like things have to be simple for me to understand. You know, I, I speak and sometimes it sounds profound, but I, I'm, I just have like very basic thoughts at the core of who I am. They're very fundamental. And for me, marriage has always been a big deal. And I'm just looking on the horizon. I'm like, wait a minute. If we continue on the path or the trajectory that we're currently on, two to three generations from now, marriage will be a non-existent institution. Mm. Nobody will have the patience for it. Not only will we not have the patience for it, we won't know how to connect to people because we've used our bodies wrong. Mm. It's kind of like, um, like say you get a piece of tape, right? And you tape it to your wall. The next day, you decide that, hey, I don't like the tape right there. So you untape it and go tape it somewhere else. Say you do this for a week. Well, by the fifth day, you need another piece of tape to keep the original piece of tape stuck to the wall. Wow. Wow. That's exactly what we're doing with our love, bro. Chemically, like literally, the way we were produced by God chemically, we don't have the ability to connect to just one person. So we need to find one person, but we need other people to bolster us up in such a way that it seems that we're being loved to one particular person in a relationship. And that's not that's not conducive to success in a marriage. Yeah. And, and not only did I see it in our generation, I knew it was true for myself. So seeing that, man, I was like, yo, if, if nobody is going to do it, I'm gonna struggle my way through this thing, I, and I and I was like, God, I, you know, I ain't perfect. <laughs> I said, but I said, but but I see this thing. Yeah. And God, if you show me 
how to be a man, if you'll teach me, and if you'll give me the courage to be able to speak truthfully to people, then I'll fail my way through. Yeah. Man, that's powerful, and that's a perfect segue to my, my next question. Um, you know, from what I've seen and what I've observed, you know, you don't have a problem being vulnerable and transparent at all. And I, and I love that about your message. And so, you know, do you mind kind of just sharing with us a little bit, like some of the ups and downs and highs and lows of this journey? You know, I, I know there's obviously been public and private, you know, challenges with, you know, doing what you're doing. Just curious if you are, you're open to sharing some of those challenges um, and how you've been able to still, you know, successfully um, navigate through them. Um, I'm, I'm open to share anything, dude. Like, this is where, this is really where I've tried, i found my true ministry and the vulnerability of it. Because what happens when, this has been the biggest challenge for me. What happens is, once you decide to do something, knowing that you struggle in this particular area, like, sexuality, have like, being sexual with women, you know what I'm saying? Like, this has always been, like, my go-to. I'm having a bad day, and my like when I play ball, if my game is off, if something's wrong, my money ain't right. Like I always turn to a woman. I'm like, sex can get me through this thing. So to cut out that aspect of who I was, like in my mind, this is a part of who I am. To cut out that aspect of who I was, one of the bigger challenges for me was trying to overlook those tendencies that ended landed me in those places. And what I mean by that is this. Once I say I'm going to go a year with no sex and masturbation, people view you as this. And people don't care that you're not perfect. They're like, hey, bro, you you said you was doing this. So when you yeah. trip up and you make a, you make an honest mistake, you almost get to a point where you're like, hey, man, I got I to gotta cover this up. I got to front like I'm doing better than I'm actually doing because people are viewing me a certain way. Yeah. But that's when you lose sight of what you're what the purpose was. I'm not doing this for the people who try to view me a certain way. I'm doing this for the people who are saying, bro, I got the same problem and I don't know how to get out of Yeah. I'll go this amount of time with no action or I'll do this or I'll get a girl and I'll be good for two, three months. But bro, I always end up cheating on them. Or young woman to say, man, gee, like, I can go without sex, man, but masturbation, bro, like, I cannot stop. So I have to test these different things to understand why is it that it can't stop? Why can't this dude stop cheating? And for me, man, like I've had I've had periods where I'll go a year, no sex or masturbation. I'll go eight months, no sex or masturbation. But then I've had relapse where I'm like, man, ain't nobody listening to me. I'll go hit five chicks in two weeks. And it's like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm like, yo, but the one thing that I love about the grace of God is this, and not that we should ever abuse God's grace. One thing I love about finding truth in God is this. Under no circumstances will I ever try to convince myself that sex before marriage, fornication rather, that fornication is the right thing and is going to is going to pretty much provoke or induce the love that I'm looking for. So what happens is a transformational truth within my heart where I'm just like, yo, I can do whatever I want. Like if, if you get in your car today and you want to drive down the wrong side of the road, you can. <laughs> and you may make it to your destination today. But one day you might not. And you 
can't say on that day, that, oh my God, I can't believe this happened to me. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. You knew what you were doing. Mm-hmm. So let's let's not play the victim role. Yeah. Let's be honest. Let's be candid about who we are and where we actually are. Man, that's that's power. That's powerful. And you know, one of the things that I think when I hear about just the way you talk, you know, because I, I chime into some of your some of the things you do on social media, it's just it, it seems to be incredibly uh, liberating, right? In the sense that, like, I know I'm not perfect. The whole, it's like the elephant in the room. Like, everybody knows no one's perfect. Yeah, we all put, everybody puts on this front like they are. And so there's this like elephant in the room of like, okay, well, he's just talking about things that we all struggle with, but he has the vulnerability and authenticity to just articulate that on a platform, which liberates him in my mind of, the burden of trying to carry that extra weight. You know, I always tell people that there is no public life and private life. Like you, you exactly. are, you are who you are. If there's something going on behind the scenes that you're trying to cover up, it's going to spill over to what you're trying to do business wise and vice versa. If the business isn't good, it's going to spill over to personal. So you have to like understand that reality and understand the liberation that can come from just being your authentic self through and through. So I, I that's why I know someone like yourself you know, stands to be immensely successful in all you do because that's that's one of the things that I figured out is is the key. Like when I just stop caring about like yeah. my, 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 a lot of people might think they might see oh he dresses pretty nice or he does this, but I really do not care. Like I really don't in, in the sense of other people's opinions, right? I'm, I'm quick I'm quick to tell somebody like oh man that's a custom tailor suit. Like nah bro, I got this for hundred and fifty dollars at uh this little spot out in, in South Carolina, and, just, and, and I just happen to have a good tailor. Like I don't like I don't get any joy out of um, fronting or putting on this illusion of who you think I am because it's honestly it, it, it's too much weight I just want to be myself yeah. you know so I really respect yep. that about your, your message and that's why I followed you because it, it real recognized real so I, I saw that early on when you hear about a man who's celibate on fire for Jesus and black those things don't usually go into uh, a sentence together right so I imagine that your story attracts a lot of different people um, do you do you feel like it sometimes it creates like extremely high expectations for the man that you're expected to be. You kind of touched on this a little bit, so forgive me if it's been a little bit redundant, but I just want you to kind of center around that point for a second, if you could. Yeah. Um, expectations can be, so, and it's all contingent upon your level of focus, right? Expectations can be so overwhelming that you that you really, that you literally want to go hide in the corner. Yeah. Because you're like, man, if they, if they really knew if they really knew who I was, if they really knew what I was struggling with. The hardest part has been the people that have met me post my coming to Christ, post finding God, or post God finding me, who have no real reference of who I was prior to. Mm. So they see me and I'm, I'm almost magical to them. Oh my God, it's amazing. Such a man of God. First off, like, they gotta, I mean, they gotta go through the cultural check, right? I am black, so it's like, wait a minute. Um, are you just, you, you, you saying it because, like, you, you, you get HIV or something? Like, are you, like, you gay now? Wow. Like, so, you know, they gotta run through those. There ain't nobody just not having sex right, because they right. don't want to. Voluntarily. Like, you, yeah, <laughs> like, you having, you having, like, some erectile dysfunction problem? Like, you ran into a crazy girl? Like, bro, what, like, bro, what, what is it really? Yeah. And I'm like, nah, dog, I ain't. Like, bro, I just wanted to become a better man. So the expectation sometimes is so much, as I said, that you just want to go hide in the corner. 
But that is that all comes from allowing the enemy to make you think more highly of yourself than you are. Right? If if heaven is real, if, if we think that, you know, we think that and I believe that heaven is real, but I always give this just so people can open their mind. If heaven is real, bro, and, and we look at it on a sliding scale, let's say that like the standard is Michael Jordan to get into heaven. Mm-hmm. But at the very best, we're kind of like uh, Will Smith, like when he used to hoop on, on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You know that these two guys have no... Like if, so if you say Michael Jordan is good and then you say Will Smith good, people know that there's a difference in those, right? Right. We honestly believe that good people and bad people have that big of a gap between them. But in God's eyes, he's saying, listen, on any given day, Michael Jordan can be Will, Will can be Michael Jordan. Don't think that you're any better than anybody else because I'm the judge. Mm. That alone, again, liberates me because it's just like, you know what? If I go without sex for the next 10 years of my life, if I don't masturbate for the next decade of my life, in God's eyes, if I'm not doing it each day to glorify the kingdom, then I've allowed my abstinence to become an idol. Mm. And God don't care about it anyway. That's real. That's real. So we have to be careful. I have to always be careful that the things that I'm doing to show people that you can change doesn't become an idol to understand that, hey, your focus is on me. And because you focus on me, these things are able to subside. Man, that is that is powerful. That is very powerful. So, you know, from what I gather, you have very clear viewpoints. Um, you know, in, in today's society, they may conflict with some of the perspectives that we see so widely accepted, right? So my yeah. question is, how do you maintain your message that's true to what you believe without alienating the people that you're potentially trying to reach? Um, and, so, um, and so to give a little context to that, just an example that you'll be okay. able to frame, frame a reference. I was, uh, we, I think we have a mutual friend um, and her name, oh gosh, her name is escaping me, uh, but she posts a lot on, on Facebook and she had posted something a few, maybe a few months ago and you chimed in on, chimed in on it and a young lady, I mean, she just was going in on you. She was going, you might remember what I'm talking about. She was going in. I can't remember the exact topic. Um, I, I hate that it's escaping me. But more of the story, it was something that was commonly accepted in today's society. And you stood in your truth and was like, nah, like, it's still not cool, basically. So my question is, in those moments and just throughout your journey, like, how do you maintain that truth? Because truth doesn't change. That's, that's, the, that's the reality of truth. Like, the sky is blue is the sky is blue. You know, it, it, it is what it is, right? It's not based upon your opinion or your viewpoint of the world. It's the truth. And so yeah. how do you stand in that while still not alienating so many people who, you know, may not understand or be on that level yet? If that makes sense. Um, I, first thing I do is I open up with vulnerability. I find a, a commonality. I try to find a common ground. Most people think that they're open-minded. Yep. So you touch on that, you know, are you open? Ironically, being from the South, being a young black man growing up in the Bible Belt, who is a Christian, I automatically get dubbed as closed-minded, which is ironic to me because I'm like, well, you know, like, Christ is the door. Like, I, I can't have a closed-minded 
if he's who I'm trying to be like. Right. But if I'm not mistaken, what you're talking about is they were talking about some sexual aspects and they were just talking about like um, pretty much um, being promiscuous in some type of way. I know that's something to do yeah, with sex. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like, exactly. And I was just like, oh, no, nah, that ain't that ain't fine. Yeah. One thing that I do is, and, and this, trust me, it's been a struggle to, to get to this point because none of my homeboys are talking about abstaining from sex. Ain't none of them hearing Bro, I ain't. I, don't, I know you talking about not having sex to you, man. But I'm hitting my girl every day, and we still gonna be happy. I got homeboys getting three dollar bills, yeah. and they ain't thinking about coming my way. Yeah. The one thing that we always have, I say, listen. You say that you're an intellectual. So if you're an intellectual, are we gonna have an emotional conversation, or are we gonna have a logical conversation? Everybody takes the intellectual high road, so they say we're gonna go logical. I say, okay, if we're gonna go logical, there are some things that you know to be absolutely true that we can't argue with. Right. Once we arrive at those truths, are you willing to be man enough or woman enough to say, hey, that makes sense, but I still wanna do this? I said, if that's that's what you wanna do, it's cool. That's an emotional decision. I said, but we're talking about principle. I don't care how hype you get. If you jump off the Empire State Building and flap your wings because you felt like you could fly that moment. When gravity kills you at the bottom, we don't want to hear excuses. Yeah. Gravity's gonna kill you. God is just like the law of gravity. You can try with everything you have in you to break the law, but in the end, you're gonna break yourself. Mm. What? That's as logical as it can be. So there's no room for emotion in that. Like, if somebody gives you orange seed, right? Yep. But you need apples. And you cry, and you pray, and you pray to God that, God, I just need the soul to produce the, the most beautiful apple tree. Like, God, it ain't got to be beautiful. Just give me one apple. And you plant that orange seed, season after season. And you say, God, why can't I get apples? God is like, yo, it'll never work that way. You have orange seed in your hand. Yeah. You better go figure out how to, if you want to, you better figure out how to get enough oranges to go get trade with some apple seed. Yeah. There's always principle, man. People who don't follow principles are going to have struggles in life. Yeah. I couldn't agree wholeheartedly. Something I, I even, I talk to my wife about frequently. I'm just a very principle-oriented person because it just keeps yes. things so simple, right? The principle is the, the concept governs the specific, right? Yes. And, and, that's, and, that's, and that's how I, I operate. So that resonated with me. A whole lot, man. So you uh you got a girlfriend now, right? Oh my god, dude. Yes. Man, so tell me about that. Like how how is like now I'm I'm almost interested because this is kind of a loaded question in the sense that the way it could go, right? So like do you feel like you attracted her based upon the journey that you're on? And then two, because of the journey you're on, how is this different from other relationships in the past in terms of like how you're able to, you know govern yourself accordingly based upon what you expect out of this relationship. Gotcha. So, um, my, my girlfriend and I, we met on, on social media, on Instagram. Slid in the DMs. Happy, <laughs> not, yeah, I did, but, it, and, but I slid in the DM. It was so lame. All I did, you know the little emoji where the guy's like raising his hand? Yeah. I use, like when I say hey to people, that's the emoji that I use. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I sent her that emoji and nothing else. I'm like, you know what? If I got to spit a whole bunch of game, then it's too much for me anyway. Yeah. She went through my page. She was like, yo, I seen in the bio that you were saving yourself. She said that was it. 
I'm like, oh my God, look at this. Like, that's something that you can't fake right there. Yeah. So, in all essence, man, I tell young men, I say, yo, I started this journey of fighting to be abstinent, fight to live for God when I was 25 years old. By the age of 28, I was frustrated and pissed off because I'm like, man, this ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. I, I, I keep trying, but every time I get a girl, man, she don't... And it ain't even that, like, you slip up and make a mistake with your girl. Mm-hmm. It's that she don't think there's anything wrong with it. Ooh. She's like, bro, we can, we can yeah. have sex. Like, yeah. we love each other. I'm like, yeah, but I could be more loving to you. And even though we enjoy this right now, it's going to trip us up at some point down the road. Yeah. I'm not willing to bet our future on this right here. Yeah. And wow. she can never figure it out. So I got to a point, I'm just like, you know what, man? I, I'm not settling. The woman is gonna have to love God, and I found, and, and I have to, and I have to tell like when I meet young women, I have to be very open about who I am, where I've been, because you live a life that I've lived. You don't want some woman figuring out who you are on the, especially on the sexual aspect. So I have to talk sex relatively quickly. Not that I'm trying to have sex, but hey, before we start to like each other, I don't want to punch you in the face with no bombs. Let's discuss some things now. Yeah. And I had, I don't believe in love. And I say this all, I don't believe in love, but I got to be the luckiest man in the universe, dude. Like, I, I was just saying happy birthday to a young woman that I ran across in college just because I saw her birthday on Instagram. And my, my girl, now she happened to know the girl. And I saw her comment under mine. I'm like, who in the world is that? Yeah. So, bro, when I say, like, right place, right time, and she loves God, has had been with a man in over four years. I'm just like, oh my God. So not only not only that, but I get to learn from her. Like there's a standard on her life that I get to live up to. Yeah. So it's been refreshing on so many levels, man. And I'm seeing the fruits of all those hard days years ago actually coming into play now because I actually like this girl yeah like I, I want to love this woman like I want to be open and I want to be corrected and I want to be there for her like I want to bring her flowers and I enjoy every moment of it that I'm with her whereas before I'm fighting to have my attention stay in this relationship because I'm kind of bored yeah like, eh, you know I conquered it I want something else yeah I don't have that. So that's the beauty of where I am today. But it came from all those years of preparation. Man, I I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Uh, one of the things that I also like about uh, just who you are and the message that you share, it just, it just comes across very real. Like, you know, and, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, when it comes to, you know, following God and all that stuff, people tend to equate that to like struggle, right? And I know that there's struggle in the journey, right? I, I understand that, but they, but they can't connect the dots that I can still be this dynamic person who follows God, lives for him. And through that, I'm able to live fruitful and be prosperous and all, and all, and all those things. And, and what I gather from some of the things that you share is that, you know, you seem to be um, an ambitious person, but now your ambition probably is in alignment with, with God, right? So can you just kind of share your perspective on the thought process behind, all right, it's okay to follow God, 
right? And also um, have ambition, right? Because I think that sometimes people feel like they can't go hand in hand. Like, you know, if, you're, if you if you end up becoming rich, you're going to be evil and you're going to be corrupted. So just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. that thought process. Yeah. Um, so we, we, live in, we live in what I like to call the think big generation, right? Like think and grow rich, uh, uh, the power of thinking big, magic of thinking big. You got Eric Thomas, you got T.D. Jakes, who is one of the leading motivational speakers in the world now, and it's a little confusing. You got um, Joel Osteen, making $36 million a year. So it's confusing to people. You got Stephen Furtick in, in Charlotte, who has got this brilliant business plan that is just booming. So what, what tends to happen is the lines get blurred. So we're coming from a generation of people who think that being rich means that you're somehow corrupt. You're taking advantage of poor people, or you're taking advantage of somebody else, or you're sneaky, or you're a crook, or you're underhanded. And what we have now is a generation of young people who think big, like we think big. We want to drive, like we see Maseratis and we see Lamborghinis and we see $20 million houses and we see $50,000 watches and we see $2,000 shoes. And you know what I'm saying? Like we see all of these things that generations before us had no access, access to, access to. And because we see it, we desire it. But because we have some sense of who God is, we got to say that, all right, I love God, but I don't have any substance of God. And I struggled with that for a long time because I said, dang, I see a lot of people cashing out in this relationship space. Mm-hmm. And all they're doing is talking about God. I was like, I don't, I don't feel... I don't feel good taking people's money to give them God when it costs me nothing. And I battled with that for a long time. I'm just like, yo, what in the heck is going on? Like, you know, I'm sitting here broke. Like, I'm, I'm mentoring people, whereas I'll pay 250 bucks for an hour. I'm giving people an hour, and it's actually working for their life. So what I actually had to do, bro, is I had to come back and ask myself, okay, so what you think, big? But what do I need to do, God, to be able to think big and feel the liberty to monetize this gift that you've given me? And it came from not just thinking big, but thinking higher. When you think higher, it, it goes beyond big cars, big houses, a big paycheck. Thinking higher means that at any cost, at all costs, whenever I elevate, I'm making sure that somebody else gets elevated just as high and has the potential to go higher. So wherever I'm going, whatever I'm doing, there's always an equal benefit for somebody else. And if they're willing to see it, there's more of a benefit because you get my journey and you get the new knowledge that I just gave you. Right. right. So it's just, it's just switch. For me, it was just switching my mind from, hey, don't just think big, think higher. Not bigger, but higher. Like connect everybody else's dream to what you get and you become the sacrifice. Let your life become the sacrifice. Let your five years be the blueprint for a young man who really wants to find love so that he doesn't have to waste five years. He yeah. can do it in six months. Yep. Nah, it makes it makes perfect sense. Like you get people can pay with their time or they can pay with their dollars, right? Exactly. And if they really if they really say they want what they want, if it were me, 
like I always tell my, I, I got a guy that I met, I mentor, and he's a sharp guy. So I'm saying, I don't know, I don't know much I have, how much I have to give you, but um, you know, I always tell him if you if you're not in a better position by the time you're my age, and I'm you know five years your senior, then I've done something wrong, right? So I've so, done so something the, wrong. so the key to that logic is yes, okay. You're expediting your growth. You're basically growth hacking using, I guess, a buzzword yes. that people like to use. So there's nothing wrong with monetizing that. But, I, but I'm glad that you were able to arrive at that that conclusion um, of thinking. I've ne- and I've never heard it put that way, but it makes so much sense. Thinking higher. So that's that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. All right. So you got a new book out, right? Uh, you know, strong boys, fragile men. So. Uh, I obviously can kind of glean some understanding about what the inspiration was behind the book, but why now? Like, what what called you, you know, to write this book now? What's the essence of the book about? Um, this book was it, it's just depicting my journey, right? Like, I, I always get frustrated when we see the memes that say, "In 1997, I was living in my car." It's 2017, I'm worth 17 million dollars. I'm worth 170 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Or 10 years ago, I was poor and eating out of trash can. Today, I'm a billionaire. And it's just like, I mean, okay, dude, it sounds cool for an Instagram post, but I need to, I need to see those 10, 20 years, man. Like, show me those years. Like, yeah. show me where you missed them. Show me where you figured it out and then you lost it. You have to figure it out again. That's what this book was, man. I said, you know what? The title Strong Boys Fragile Men, I could have titled it Strong Boy Fragile Men because I'm talking about my journey to manhood. And the subtitle is A Broken Heart of Boys Struggle to Find Manhood. In my life, man, like the the, the, the portion that says strong boys, it comes from growing up as a young black kid, and, and believe it or not. The vast majority of young black kids, because of uh, athletics within the community, pop Warner football, baseball, AU basketball, we get a lot of love as young black kids because we're very precocious when it comes to athletics. Because the percentages to funnel all those kids to a professional level, to a college, to a professional level is so small, we tend to come fragile in our, in our elder years because we're not in the limelight no more. Mm. Nobody's coming to pick up a 19 year old boy and paying for all his meals and buying him shoes and doing all this stuff for if he's no longer playing ball. So there's this sense of grandeur that we have in our minds as boys. And as you get older, you say, wait a minute, what happened to this? Where did the people go? Where did the women go? Where did the love go? Where the heck is the attention? And there's a fragility because you're looking for a sense of importance in everything outside of yourself. Wow. For me, for me, my drug became love. I can get a, if I can get a young woman to love me and pretty much sacrifice and extend every resource that she has for me, then I'll feel a sense of importance in such a way that will kind of fill that void of not playing ball and not doing these things. And I never stopped to think that I needed to grow myself. I always put it on somebody else. So as a strong boy, these things were never an issue. But in my manhood, I started to realize, yo, like a 24-year-old can't go play ball nowhere unless it's professional. So what the freak am I gonna do with my life now? Yeah. I have I have nothing. I have nothing. And 
my college education didn't mean nothing because I didn't take it seriously. The only dream I had came from my boyhood, and here I am. And I wrote that journey to people because I wanted people to see that, hey, addiction is real. Dependency is real. And if we don't get somebody to talk about this stuff, we're going to lose young men altogether. Mm. Man, I, I actually can't wait to read it. I'm actually going to buy two copies, one for myself and one that I want to give to somebody so we can figure out offline the best way to... Uh, you know, share that on social media so they can get get in the hands of somebody who needs it. But uh, awesome. man, I, I'm I'm excited to dive into. It. I try to read a, a few books a month, so this is definitely one on my list before the year's out. So definitely excited to dive into that book, man. And I appreciate your your vulnerability and your transparency to really, you know, help uh, the folks that are behind us, you know, and try to really shape their perspective and give them some keys. So I really I really appreciate what you're doing, man. And so as we wrap up here, uh, quick question. So what are you what are you most excited about right now? I mean, we've, we've talked about a lot on the, on the podcast today, but like, what, what's one thing that, you know, just really has you excited right now about life? Um, the thing I'm most excited about now, man, is just, it is, it's a continual thing, is every morning I wake up, I'm always excited that the truth of who God is, is still at the center of my being, the center of my life, meaning that no matter what the heck I do that was stupid yesterday, I always wake up knowing that God's grace is sufficient for my life. That hope alone, man, like, because I promise you, people talk about entrepreneurship. And I tell people within my book, I say, entrepreneurship is not what you, is not what social media has made it seem. Oh, no. <laughs> you are going to struggle. You're going to totally forget who you are because you're recreating yourself. I'm excited about God's grace, but also do this book that I've written. Like I'm excited about the fact that I have a product that is quality. Like to have to have a book, man, that I know that is actually good and it's beneficial for a generation. Like white people, black people, Asian, Hispanic, Korean, it doesn't matter. If you have a struggle, you can relate to this book. So I'm excited about the fact that God has positioned me in this in this world to have something such as this. Man, I got people who don't read calling me like, y'all read the book of the night. This book is 180 pages. Mm. I'm like, I wrote it. I couldn't read it in the night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm 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 excited about the journey that I'm gonna get to go on now because I have this thing because it only came out, it came out less than a month ago. So for the next year, I'm pretty much employed by this work that God has given me. And I'm excited about that, man. And with every new person that I meet, like it's beginning to get that type of momentum where I'm not having to make a one-on-one sale. You get a book and you say, man, you, you see a young man at the mall, you say, hey, I got this book, young man. And something just told me to come get this to you. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm excited mm-hmm. about, man. Like yeah. seeing seeing myself like I had a picture from somebody yesterday like somebody at their job has my book I don't know who the person is they yeah. didn't know the person at the job they're like yo this, that book is on your de- on their desk yeah. your book is on their desk yeah. that's what I'm excited about man I'm excited about seeing where God can take this seed that I call the book and multiply it into something huge for this season of my life yeah yeah well I'm excited for you man 
Um, it's, it's a message that's needed, and I'm really excited to see where it grows. And so I feel like with everything that you said in this podcast, it aligns to this last question that I'm about to ask you. But if we could just sum it up into a sentence or two um, at the end, I always ask my, my guests because the name of the podcast is The Legacy and Lifestyle Show. And so my last question is, if you had to sum it up, what are you doing with your lifestyle today that will ensure that you submit your legacy tomorrow? Um, manhood, understanding manhood is something that my sons are going to appreciate. It's something that my grandsons are going to appreciate. And all of the women that we touch from generation, 10 generations hence, grasping manhood and killing all of these generational curses. That's, that's going to staple me in as a man that my sons, grandsons, great-grandsons are going to look at forever and say, you know what, if it wasn't for daddy, granddaddy, great-granddaddy, we wouldn't be able to stand on a foundation as strong as this. Mm. And, that's, and that, that, that is legacy through and through. Um, and so if people want to connect with you, uh, where where can they find you at, man? What's the Where's the easiest way to get in contact with you? Uh, social media is always easy access. Everything that I... I'm, LinkedIn and social media is George Hines Jr. For speaking engagements, you can email me at George Hines Jr. at gmail.com. DM me on Instagram or Facebook. Um, but yeah, just like, and I always tell everybody, I say, hey, if you call on me to come speak to your people, just know that I'm spirit-led. I don't need a script because a lot of times people want you to script. I don't need a script. Just, just if you know what you have and you know what you're looking for, I'm definitely the guy. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. This is, I know, going to be probably one of my most uh, widely downloaded and listened to podcasts. When you dropped some gems, it was organic. I, I don't have to do any edits, and so you're making my job easier. But, man, I appreciate your time, man, and keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely, man. I thank you. And this, is, uh, this has been one of my better interviews, man. You did a great job. I appreciate it, man. Well, until next time, guys. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show with your host, George Action Palm, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. Purpose, passion, and profit. Makes sense to me.